Welcome to Keeping Athena Company. My name is Athena Kadvenu. I'm a stand-up comedian, writer, podcaster, and parent. Love being a parent, as you will know if you listen to this podcast. But it does get a bit boring trying to have conversations with a one-year-old about Brexit and what's going on in Chile at the moment, which is very bad, actually. And we might cover that today. So every now and again, I invite a very good friend to sit in my mum's kitchen with me to keep my company and to keep my brain youthful and lucid. And today, I welcome into my kitchen... What should I call you, Benjamin or Bonjo? What are you today? Are you in a uniform? I'm not in uniform. The, pres- the president is in a bag because there's a gig later on. So you can introduce me as Benjamin Bancoli Bello. Oh, bank- okay. Benjamin Bancoli Bello. Yes. Welcome to my kitchen. Thank you. This is lovely. You, you, not my, uh, my mum's is- kitchen. Okay, your mum's, whatever yes. it is. I have got my favourite food. She's given me plantain and yeah. I, that's all I'm here for. I'm not I here for a podcast. It's not, it's not oh, really? Oh, yeah. geez. I felt like it was a, where you go into Starbucks and someone gives you a coffee for free and you reckon oh you spot my my joy now I you're, thought the, it was... you're the first person to get alcohol though oh really red yeah, wine no one's drunk booze before um, well, well. so enjoy enjoy your your murder red, red wine from where I hope it's from I hope it's from South Africa it's from Nigeria from Nigeria Nigerian wine great it's Nigerian red wine well, thanks for welcoming to your kitchen. It's Thank a lovely you for kitchen. Coming. How are you today? I am good. I'm yeah. good. I am I'm having a the great uh, Sunday. Uh, I'm in your kitchen. Before I came to your kitchen, I watched. Um, it's a called. It's Dobermite by. Uh, it's a new Eddie Murphy film on Netflix. Film. Yeah. You made another film. Yes. Is it good? Oh, it is. Um, yeah, I would say it's good. The fact that he acted very well and Wesley Snipes is back as well. So oh, man, it's from Black Renaissance. So yeah. Yeah, all so they're back. all coming back, and yeah. and at one point I thought it was he was trying to imitate Shaft in Africa because he had an afro and all that stuff and Shaft all the was, yeah, but it isn't. But it was a good film. It's a what good is, film. Shaft in Africa. What yeah. is Shaft in Africa? Ah, I remember Shaft in Africa. That was the first black film I saw in Nigeria, by the way. Okay. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's a, and what film uh, was this? Ah, oh, we're talking about now. You want to tell me? Tell me. You want me to tell you my age? No, but. I uh, <laughs> People saw, people guess, your age. guess my age. Yeah, it was all I can remember about Shaft in Africa was just it's just black guy with Afro hair. Would this be Richard Roundtree? Yeah, Richard yeah. Roundtree. Yeah, this was many, 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 many years ago, and I saw that film, and I wanted to leave Nigeria and just go straight to America because I yeah. just thought it was just littered with gold, and yeah, I wanted an Afro hair, wanted the outfit. No, it was brilliant. But you came brilliant. to St. Albans. And I, no, I came to, I was born in Liverpool. Okay. Yeah, I was born in Liverpool. My my parents had uh, made love in, uh, yeah, in Nigeria. <laughs> <laughs> made love in Nigeria and get back to Liverpool. <laughs> uh, genius is actually, by the way, genius has got a passport and all that. But that's yeah. good. Yeah. So they went to Liverpool a- yeah. and had you. Yes. Okay. And then I went back at the age of five. So you're Scouser, you're not uh, Nigerian. Um, having a uh, whole time. I, actually, yeah. I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm so disappointed with uh, existing countries. That's one of the reasons why I created uh, President Abonja and the new nation called Laughter Republic, because I just think these existing countries have failed their citizens. Isn't it the case? And it's really interesting your parents are back to Nigeria. That's a really uh, common story, especially yeah. in Ghana too. Mm-hmm. Um, people were like, oh, independent, mm-hmm. um, making money, mm-hmm. um, investment. Yeah. And then they went back and they destroyed, not your parents personally, uh, but destroyed everything. The Ghanaian story is tragic mm-hmm. because it, there was a time post independence about the mid 70s where mm. it was prosperous mm. you know we had a socialism in mm. Ghana mm. that 
this country would be uh, proud to have. Yeah. And then, uh, like, we had things, issues with Jerry, uh, Jerry Rawlings. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then yes. him and yeah. military rule mm. and thievery mm. and then IMF issues. So other countries taking advantage mm. and giving us, con- and giving us an environment. And where it we hasn't, grow. It, look, it hasn't changed. I, 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 I don't know what was in my father's head at the time, but I went back in 1970, civil engineer, went to University of Liverpool. So your dad was civil engineer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he got a job in the Shell Company, in British um, Shell Company, and I know he had he had great plans, and he he, he loved Nigeria, and that's one of the reasons why he went back. But I I, I sensed a disappointed. He was a very disappointed man at yeah. the end at the end of his um of his life because Nigeria wasn't what he thought it was, and yeah. he could he couldn't join the club because he had changed so much from the education and what he had seen in the West, and he arrived in Nigeria, and it's still pretty much the same as he left it so that's, so that's really sad so yeah what, when did you leave Nigeria to come I came back in Go 19 back. came back in 1985 okay yeah and I've been here yes <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me my age <laughs> You know, you know, and I'm, I'm surprised you don't even call me uncle at gigs. I uh, uh, yeah, you should call me <laughs> uncle. The last gig we did together, Jimmy James Jones was looking at me and he said, uh, after the gig, he said, uncle, that was great. <laughs> Actually, I, I want to talk about this because something you don't see a lot on the circuit, yeah. especially because we've been going for a similar time. That, yes, yes, seven years, yes, yeah, yeah. You're similar. Yeah. It's, I tend to not meet many people literally over 35 and older yes so even though we're probably you're probably you are you are older than me yeah yeah <laughs> I'm, over, I, I'm over 50 I feel yeah. I didn't but I feel closer to you uh, yeah. in terms of outlook yeah. and maybe um, you know just mindset than a yeah. lot of these kids who are like 22 yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. do you find, how do you find it on the circuit bearing when everyone is starting comedy so much younger at the moment I, I, I have to say, the, the best way to describe it, I don't know how old Rudy Liquid is, but I, I said this to him. You must know, you yeah, know, know Rudy Liquid. Yes. He's, he's been going longer than I have. He's been going longer, well over 20, 20, 20 something years, if not 24 years. And I do feel it. There's no way. I do feel it when I, even when I'm going out tonight, I will meet people who are younger than me. But um, I think what brings us together is the fact that we enjoy comedy. And I think that's a key thing. And that's where the bond is. What my real friends think is obviously that I'm going through some midlife crisis. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. You know, whilst they're watching TV, I'm out there performing. So I do, I do, it's, it's, it, it can be quite difficult. And do you have advice for people who want to start if they're like, 30 or 35 and over? I would say do it. I would say do it. I think it's actually the best time to do it is from once you've lived your life, age 30, age 45, because you've got a lot to talk about in terms of your life experience. But also my view is that that you need that, my view is that you need that emotional maturity. Yes. You know, that most, um, no disrespect to young comics, they're still forming their views. There's, you know, I've been through a lot. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I don't need to say what I've been through, but I've been through a lot. I've seen the challenges in life. So, what is it you're going to tell me? So, I apply for a gig and you don't give me a gig. That doesn't define me. Mm. Or I'm trying to get on TV and you don't give me the sitcom. That doesn't define me. Do you understand what I'm saying? I've yeah. got other things. I've seen other challenges. Do you know what I'm saying? So, it just makes me stronger. Yeah. Every time you say no to me, I pick myself up and I go on with it. You know, it's really interesting because I need to talk about this. Before the E4 and BBC Studios thing happened in the summer. Summarise that quickly. Oh, this is where um, E4 and BBC Studios um, on the 18th of July made an announcement that they were creating the new African dictator and the rest was history. Lots of media attention. The point I want to make with that is the fact that 
Uh, before, before, because of the way the industry works, um, and I'd been doing it for about 10 years, I always felt ashamed to say how long I'd been doing it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's this pressure that you should have been, you should have made it by the, by, by the fourth or fifth year. If you've not been picked up, yeah. then you know, why are you still doing comedy? But now I am so proud to let people know yeah. <laughs> that yeah. I've been doing it for that long because it's that wealth of experience and all the work that I have done that has, helped in terms of how people responded because people know me people know the character and the character's been around for 10 years so it's not like someone who had just started a year ago do you, do you understand what i'm and saying you always work and, and i work I've really hard i've never seen anybody whose diary is as, is as full as yours and just to pick up on your point i never i always tell people i started in 2012 mm. and i still have a day job mm. and the reason i tell people that is because i'm proud of it yeah you know and the reason i'm proud of it is because um this is going to sound very arrogant and if it sounds arrogant i think people then that's fine but when mm. you think about it it's mm. not people often talk about what you want in comedy and what mm. you want to achieve mm-hmm. and whether or not you've achieved it or not no word of a lie I'm a success in life already <laughs> <laughs> well I think I, you know, I, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm already a success in life so I'm not doing this to get onto a certain show mm. or to have a certain amount of celebrity I'm doing this to create the best possible art mm. that I can mm. that's within the talent that I have what I've grown to realise is I I didn't start this wanting to inspire people. I started this because it was by accident. And I meet a lot of black comics who write to me. I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Okay. How did you start dressing up as a military dictator and performing comedy by accident? Were you hired for a Henry? A little bit of a stripper or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it it all happened. You know, Nigerians love um, wedding receptions Mm -hmm. and they love to have an MC. So uh, about 11 years ago, there was a friend of mine who had an MC and that MC didn't show up. And uh, he just basically said, oh, uh, Ben, do you mind doing this for me? You're always very funny. And I didn't know what I was doing and I just went on stage there were about 300 people I interacted with the audience I was having fun I just enjoyed it so much that people came back and said wow we've never had such an entertaining MC and you you, 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 I just see myself as naturally funny Mm. and when I say by accident naturally funny and I met um, this English guy who said um, wow I've never been to a Nigerian wedding that's so funny or an MC that's so funny have you heard of stand-up comedy and I just was stand-up comedy Right. I was so ignorant. I just thought, what stand-up comedy? And he said, oh, let's go to the comedy store. So I arrived at the comedy store and I saw people do it. And I just thought, I can do this. Right. <laughs> I can do I can do this. Yeah, exactly. Great origin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very natural. Very natural. And I went there. I did five minutes. I didn't win the gong, but I did well enough. I got the laughs. And I just thought, yeah, I'm doing stand-up comedy. A couple of gigs later, I died. <laughs> <laughs> I just literally died. Um, but I was performing as President Obonjo, but as a, as a civilian president. And then because character was created. So, so you were performing, you didn't have a character, but you were doing... I was just doing President, yeah, just President Obonjo. The reason why it became uh, an African dictator was because the character was inspired when Obama became president. Oh, I see. So, um, and I, I, I don't know, my wife won't mind me saying this, but I just noticed a shift as soon as Obama became president. And this is the truth. Uh, she was supporting Hillary Clinton. I was supporting Obama. Obama becomes president. Two days later, she's buying me two books to read, The Audacity of Hope and Dreams of My Father. Yeah. And then I just thought, wow, I think she's attracted to Obama. Yeah, yeah. Did she buy you like an Obama mask? Oh, yeah, I had an Obama mask. I bought that myself. I used to wear that at gigs at one point. I was crazy. But um, 
I so I just read the books and I just noticed, wow, geez, man, this guy is almost he's, he's older than me, but we're almost within the same age range. Where did my life go wrong? You know, I oh, also a very exceptional human being. Yeah, I've read his books and I've read The Bridge, which is yeah. an amazing biography. Yeah, if you never yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just think this is a really hardworking man. Now, yeah, but I was inspired yeah. because he knew he had he had this sense of direction and this mm. vision about where he wanted to be. So I just decided I will create a character called uh, President Bonjo. Bonjo is a, is a nickname um, in, from Nigeria. And um, I didn't look back ever since. I just started performing as a civilian president and I was just walking my way through the comedy scene because it was naturally funny and I found it really difficult, actually. I have to be honest with you. At the very beginning, the technique of stand-up comedy, you know, yes. all that preparation and writing the jokes because I just thought you could just go on stage and you could just say whatever you want, you know, and not prepare. But I... I uh, yeah, yeah, and it's a cra- yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah, I know. I got there eventually. Um, but uh, the reason why it became an African dictator was, you remember the time Obama uh, won the second term and the Republicans were giving me a lot of, you know, they were opposing everything that he wanted to do, yeah, healthcare, yeah, they were, and, yeah, they were yeah. knocked down. And I just thought if Obama was an African president, a real African president, what will he do? He'll become a dictator yeah. and he will shut down the Republicans. He will change the American constitution, third term, and he'll be an African dictator. So I was at um, Stevenage on a, on a um, housing project and I drove past this military uniform uh, um, outfit shop and I just went in there and I was raised in Nigeria from uh, 1970 to 1985. And during that time, all I remember is dictatorship. Mm. Abacha, Babangida, General Gowan. So, you know, in my head, subconscious mind, that's my understanding of leadership, not the Obama style of leadership, you know? So um, I just put on the uniform. And when I put on the uniform, I felt, I just felt powerful. (laughs) I definitely believe that every time I put on that uniform, there's something psychological that happens to me. You know, there's that transformation. You know that transformation from, uh, you know, the Incredible Hulk. I was just going to, what yeah. you're describing sounds like, like a superhero story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's always a point when a superhero finds their costume. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, 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 I genuinely believe that's what's happened to me over the years. And I wore the uniform, posted it on Facebook because I, I love, I used to love social media, not like I, like I do now, but I just posted it on, on social media and everybody just started saying, wow, this is, this is, this is nice. This is, yeah. and I didn't even have the medals. It was just the uniform. And then before I knew it was happening, I, I did a gig at Downstairs at the King's Head. And I've always wanted to get into Downstairs at the King's Head. In North London. Not London. Yeah. And not that I didn't do well, but I never did well enough to progress to the next stage. And then I did well. Pete, uh, the comedy promoter said, you have found your mojo. that's what you said you found your mojo and I just thought yes that's it and you will not believe it the respect I get Uh, you know people white people talk about white privilege I've got military privilege I just I don't see racism people just respect me when I'm in uniform but they they think it's real they they actually believe it is real I've been to gigs I've seen your uniform (laughs) it's all over the place I know, I know, I know. But people want to believe what they want to believe. There was a gig I did a month ago or so, and they announced that the president was here. And after the gig, the woman said, are you really a real president? She genuinely thought that I was a real president who gave up running the country to come and perform comedy. I would actually (laughs) put to you that that's tinge of racism because they think that African presidents have have got nothing better to do (laughs) than to go to like a pub in Brighton and Brighton and and do a gig. Like, come on, like, learning from me. (laughs) 
comedy is hard, um, both in terms of you actually running around the country, writing the jokes, applying for gigs, um, the rejections, the yes, the no's, uh, and then getting paid. Mm. Yeah, and waiting for money and all that stuff. So you, you, I, I genuinely believe that you could do comedy better if you have a day job because it takes you away from the, the all the I other all, all the other yeah. things that you 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 you, you that the worry you. And I, you know, it's it's it can be unhealthy at times. It can be, and I, I've seen people who I genuinely care for within the comedy industry um, respond in a certain way because they're so immature in their responses and i've just said look it's not the end of the world if someone doesn't give you a gig that's not the end of pick yourself up and do something else yeah if you die tonight it doesn't mean you're gonna die tomorrow i might this gig today i might die but it's not the end of the world i've grown to realize that you know, you can't please every single audience <laughs> you no, see <laughs> And I, you know, to just build on that, I kind of I take responsibility for my success, but I also yeah. take responsibility for my failures. Yeah. So if something hasn't worked out as I wanted to or planned to, I really yeah. look at myself and I say, think, did I deserve that? Yeah. Did I deserve did I deserve a spot on that show? Did yeah. I deserve um, a, a standard ovation? Yeah. You know, and maybe I did, and if I did, then it doesn't matter that I failed because yeah. it means I still um, achieved my goal, which is to create great art yeah. and if I did if I did deserve to die or bomb or uh, yeah. then I'm like cool what do I improve or do different next time um, and I think that comes from having, like I said having the maturity mm. also having a, a responsibility in terms of my job and, and, a, and a young family now and I, and I think actually because I work in an environment where you have to learn from mistakes you have to learn from things because that's what makes you grow so if I don't do well at a gig I don't let it fester I just think oh what could I have done differently yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. there's something I could have done differently. And yeah, and then I just write it down. And the next gig, I don't make the same mistake and I just enjoy it. And a lot so. of that is having the financial security or the day job. In fact, somebody outside of comedy, when I first started, said very early on, don't give up the day job. You mm. know, um, you know, never give it up. Mm. Not as in the insulting kind of way. Like, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. give it up, you're rubbish. Yeah. But no, why would, and why would you give up the day job? So I, I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful that I started comedy late because what happened whilst I wasn't doing comedy was I was getting qualified and experienced, mm. right? So but I, I was think, getting degrees, I, I was getting experience yeah. in the workplace that yeah. enables me to get work. I'm going to ask you, you're the way interviewing me, but we, we, got, we got something in common in terms of starting comedy late. Are you still, um, do you still f- feel connected with, the friends that you had? Yes, I do. Okay, okay. Um, I do feel connected with the friends that I had, mainly because for the first few years, I didn't really tell people I was doing comedy. Okay. A few of my friends knew and they came, but I kept my comedy life and my social and professional life very separate, separate yeah. to the point where I didn't even socialise with comedians. There's probably comedians out there that think Athena is rude. Because I, <laughs> I, 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 was, I wasn't rude, I was busy. I you know, I, and I've had, you know, pretty, you know, I'm lucky enough to you know, been able to do a nice job. So I mm-hmm. go to a gig and I'm, like, I'm not staying here till three in the morning getting drunk. Have you Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's understandable. Yeah. So, the no, I don't think so. I think what has happened is I was a real socialising in my twenties. I was out a lot. A lot yeah, and you've and you stopped that now. And that's what's changed. So I think I find it harder to spend time with people, but um, not really. I'm gonna say ask the same question back to you. How do you feel it's affected your your kind of personal social life? I think. Um, Certainly, uh, I don't, I'm not able to go to places that I would have wanted to go to. So I went to a very good school in Nigeria called Government College, but I'm very similar to eating. I'll say that, but it's not. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like uh, no, 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 not, okay. not necessarily Boris Johnson. <laughs> but uh, on a serious note, um, we have um, old boy reunions where we want to meet up and have a drink. And it so happens that every time they organize something in a Nigerian restaurant, there is a gig. 
and yeah. I can't go. And it's the so I mean, and it's a gig I can't say no to. Yeah. And I, I think they've grown impatient now. They don't understand because they just don't understand. Why would a 45 year old man just wake up one morning, <laughs> start wearing an army uniform and saying he's performing comedy? Right. <laughs> So you feel that, and how many, when was the last time you made a reunion? Uh, the last time I made a reunion, I met them for a reunion was last year in someone's house when we had a meeting. And uh, it was, it was, it was interesting. It was quite interesting, but I felt that they were taking the piss because uh, we had to go around the room and introduce ourselves and say what we were doing. Yeah. And obviously they know I've got a day job and they also know I'm a comedian. So as soon as I walked, got up and I said, oh, I'm Benjamin. But oh, you're not Benjamin, you're President Bonja. Everybody just like laughing. <laughs> So I think they believe that I have some kind of split personality, midlife crisis. They just don't understand it, you know, because it's not something, it's not something, I'm the only one who's doing it. Do you think it would be different if you weren't a character comedian? It's interesting that someone has um, asked that question uh, recently and it got me thinking. Someone actually said in the podcast, they asked me and said, um, do you think you'll be taken more seriously if you were just a straight comedian and not a, um, um, a character comedian who at times will leave a gig and will be wearing a uniform and... <laughs> And be on the train, yeah. and I, it it was it was deep it was a deep response for me because I I never thought about it that way, uh, because I think character comedy is really really difficult because a lot of the time I'm trying to tr- create something that's not real mm. it's fictional comedy if you get my drift yeah so when you were talking about being able to talk about your life I know at times that I have crossed the line between President Abonjo. And myself, because I'm talking about myself for using the character yeah. to make those comments. So yeah, I think it's it's yeah, it's uh, I I I think it's, I think yeah, and it doesn't help that I'm wearing a uniform as well. But that's who I am. That's <laughs> and and people have to learn to embrace that we are all different and unique. And I think that's the point I'm trying to make that you can. You can stand up, you can wake up one morning and decide that, okay, fine, because I always wanted to do this. It yeah. wasn't necessarily character comedy, but I always wanted to do stand-up comedy, even though I didn't know what it was at the time. I just knew I was naturally funny, and I knew I grew up listening to lots of Nigerian, but these are, you know, old Nigerian comedy movies, you know. Yeah, let's a, talk about uh, them. Uh, yeah, um, there's a guy called Babasala. Okay. Who dressed in an African outfit and um, he was funny. He wasn't doing stand up, he was just doing comedy sketches. He was just uh, uh, the one that you will laugh at, the one who will make everybody happy. You know, yeah. he was almost like, almost like, and I'm also suggesting he has um, mental health issues, but he was almost like the Joker. Right. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen yeah, the Joker. I seen the yeah, Joker, yeah. But I know what but, you, you mean. know, you, you know, you, you're the funny guy. You're the one who's funny. You're the funniest in the house. You make people laugh. People want to be around you, and that's that's how I see the yeah. the Obonjo um, character in do, a way. Do you watch? Uh, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. do you watch the Nollywood movies on Netflix? Uh, yeah, I've just started watching them. Have you seen the Wedding Planner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. I am fifty fifty on them in a sense that they're really bad, but I do find them quite entertaining. No, they're entertaining. Well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you have? Do you think President Obonjo would work in an Hollywood movie? I think he would, but I think, I think he probably would. But I think part of the reason why I don't, I've done Nigerian weddings in uniform, but I think one of the reasons why it won't work per se is because Nigerians have moved away from the military regime. So as soon as they see see me in that uniform, it reminds them of it's the likes of It's a violent time. Yeah, it was yeah. a violent time. Um, but I still feel that you can. 
you can make fun of uh, things that were painful. Comedy is about tragedy and is about speaking the truth. So there, there is an opportunity there that I will try and explore. I remember someone saying to me, if I got fans in Nigeria and said, oh yeah, you're wearing this all over in London. In Nigeria, we will arrest you. <laughs> 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 and I know that's what will happen yeah. because who, who, who are you <laughs> wearing medals that yeah. you you haven't earned um, and I do get that here it's not arrest but I do get people very very confrontational at times because uh, yeah Do you have any other characters in you? And I ask this because a lot of character comedians, like one of my favourite uh, comedy people is Paul Whitehouse, who uh, was in the past. Uh, yeah, I had, um, I had, I had, um, now that you say this, yes, I, ha- I have another character. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say, I have another character called Sissy Clara. And, uh, Sissy Clara? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that a woman? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's yeah, so good. No, no, no way, no way. <laughs> Your wife might be like, this is better than a bunja. This is better than a bunja. And um, there used to be, um, um, what's it called? Uh, A TV series called Village Headmaster in Nigeria. And there was a character called Sissy Clara. And I really liked the way she behaved. So that is always in my subconscious mind. And and when I first started, I played around it, not necessarily to dress as a woman, but I had had this um, account on Facebook. And it got really popular. And I just dropped it. I just said, nah, I don't. Oh, wow. Uh, That's interesting. Because, (laughs) I mean, dressing, sticking a wig on and playing a character is kind of common especially for black male comedians yeah, but, it was but, a black male comedian in this country that hasn't put a wig on and pretended yeah, to be but, a but, and that's so. one of the re- and that's one of the reasons why I didn't want to do it because I just felt that I, I excuse me I want to create something independent and unique I don't yeah. I don't want it to be as if I'm copying other people do you understand know what I'm saying so I wanted to create something and I think that's what's worked because I think I'm, I believe I'm the only one in the UK wearing a military uniform and performing across the United Kingdom. I know yeah. that for a fact. There might be other people now I don't know, but, and I think that's, that for me, that is success. Just yeah. waking up and creating something just that everybody, being, and, being just, and just being original. That's That has always been my push, always original. That's why my comedy at times can be different. It's not that I don't know how to do the British style of comedy, but I just always wanted to do something different because it was really interesting yesterday um, I have this um, bit where I ask, uh, someone was heckling me and I would only do it when someone is heckling me and someone was heckling me and I got them to get up and I told them they need to repeat this question in an African accent. And people were laughing and, and so on and so forth. And then this woman came to me and said, oh, that was very close between that almost racist because you were getting English people to speak in an African way. It's like, well, what if I ask you to speak in an end of pudding? Exactly. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I said, look, I, that's your opinion, but people were laughing and people enjoyed it. And another guy said, oh, she's a snowflake, just leave her alone. But, I, <laughs> I, you know, I look, I'm not, I'm not going to change the world with my comedy. I just want to make people laugh, have, enjoy what I do. And most importantly, just create something different because I think audiences want to see something different and we're all different we have different voices but you know and I I did that bit because apart from the fact that was my my weapon for anytime I get heckled but I just wondered what it was like in those days when um, the colonials um, the people who colonized us came to Africa and were forcing us how to speak English and the language you can imagine the terror that they were going through to be able to embrace a culture that they didn't know a language they didn't know because the guy when I was interacting with him he was just in such a state and that's one that's 10 minutes of his life in a comedy club in a comedy club yeah Yeah. so imagine that happens to your nation yeah yeah so that that was that was the point of that that's quite profound
So you, you perform comedy a lot. Yeah. Uh, you obviously, um, obviously involves writing and traveling. Yeah. You have a full-time job, which yeah. um, is obviously very time-consuming. What yeah. else is there? Yeah, I'm married, got children. Uh, I try to spend time. I've got a very uh, supportive wife. I, I okay. genuinely, <laughs> honestly, because uh, she knows, uh, she's already said that she knows that this keeps me happy. So... <laughs> That, what uh, is, uh, can I uh, ask, what does your wife do? Oh, she's a clothing technologist. Oh, wow. What does that mean? <laughs> that, mean <laughs> that means she goes around um, the Far East and all these clothes that we wear, most of them are made in China, um, Asia. So she goes and inspects quality control. What else makes you happy then? So family, work, comedy, which is uh, work I think, too? Um, I, I genuinely believe that I find, it's really interesting, over the years I've found happiness through comedy i found the fact that the fact that i can go on stage and make people laugh and it has a profound effect on them because one of the things about the character that i have noticed is that people want to embrace the character right if that, if that makes sense yeah so recently i did this show called goodbye mr president and about it was about a fan who became a friend and who died of cancer and he genuinely believed that the character was a real president. Right. Yeah, he just genuinely, he never ever called me by my real name. It was always Mr. President. And yeah. I get, on my fan page, I get lots of, I, I don't think my comedy ends on stage. It actually continues after I have performed. Right. So people want to interact with the character. So you've, you've created um, almost like, not just a, a, a experience whilst you're performing, uh, yeah. but like something that people can engage with, oh, look. like how people engage with Marvel superheroes. Uh, or, uh, a good example, and I'm not exaggerating. I get emails on a daily basis. So the one recent, two emails uh, yesterday, one was from someone who said, every time they walk around the shop and they see a military uh, uniform, they remember President Obama. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if you got to a stage where it was like cosplay, so people started dressing up as you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Any, but obviously not blackface. <laughs> no blackface. No blackface. You, you don't have to do that, guys. Just just do the uniform yeah. will do. And then yeah. there's another one that, that started a debate. I don't think he was being racist, but some of my fans believe he was racist. Someone sends me an email, and it's a photograph of a black soldier, uh, Poppy Appeal. And he's not uh, a general, he's just a surgeon. And he said, oh, I just saw this and I thought it was you. <laughs> okay, so I, as far as I'm concerned, that was a joke. Yeah. yeah. However, some people say, oh, it's not a joke, it's, it's racist. Why, 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 why should he send you that? Blah, 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 blah. So there's a long debate going on at the bottom of my page. But that's really interesting. Why are people really interesting? Because like, you've said it's not racist, yeah. so it's not racist. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it was sent to you, if you don't mind, it isn't for other people to disagree with you. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And similarly, if he'd said, actually, I don't like it, then that's your right as well. Like, mm -hmm. you could have received it in that way. Yeah. If somebody said, Sent, like if someone sent a picture sent me a picture of like um Lisa Bonet who mm. was like um famous actress with dreadlock he mm. said oh this is you mm. I'd be like no it's not <laughs> Do you know what I, mean? I look nothing like her yeah. other, so, yeah. sorry I need to go back to one question that you asked me what makes me happy yeah you won't believe it and I'm not being funny because um I'm in your kitchen and you're giving me some wine and some wine <laughs> <laughs> sounds like I'm seducing you like yeah wine no no, no 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 uh, but on a serious note I enjoy because I've been I've been in this game now for the past 10 years. So, and I'm not patronizing you um, in any shape or form. I enjoy seeing comics I have geeked with have some degree of success. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy to see them progress, whatever that progression is. What does good look like for President Obondo? 10 years time, what does good look like for you? I certainly want to be, I want to go into films. 
Yeah. So I definitely want to be an actor. Um, that's something I... As uh, Benjamin uh, Bellow? As President Abonjo. President Abonjo. Yeah, I just have okay. this idea of... of I, just, I just think it's ridiculously funny to have a, a president give up his country and come to the West and try to try the creative industry. Yeah. The comedian, <laughs> acting. I, there's still a lot more that he can do. So definitely films, going yeah. into films. And I'm not, it doesn't have to be... I don't think it will be Nollywood, but it has to be something, you know, linked to America. And, yeah. and and a sitcom definitely. Would I still be doing comedy after ten years? I remember um, Nico Yearwood saying to me because I because at one point I was worried about my age and I just thought, Look, how long am I going to do this for? This is this feels like midlife crisis to me as far. <laughs> <laughs> and Nico Yearwood two or three years ago kept saying to me, "What about Dick um, Gregory?" Dick Gregory. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He went on and on. How old was he? He was about... Um, have you no. read his autobiography? No, not yet. So um, I have a copy of it, actually. I'll yeah. it to you. Okay. I'll try and find it and okay. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but he, he, yeah, he basically was, he had a lot of failure yeah. before he got successful. Well, my view is that in 10 years time, I'll still be doing comedy. I'll still be performing. My health is good, you know, um, but... I won't be doing it as much as I, I used to do it. I've like, got down now. I, there was a point I used to do it almost, <laughs> almost every day. Yeah, 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 but, but, yeah, yeah but, but now I'm learning to work smarter rather than harder. Mm. And that's key because I don't have to prove to anyone that I'm funny. I know I'm funny. I have my audiences. So it's moving it up to the next level. And that has to be TV, radio. I, I need to do that. That's, that's the next stage. comedy goes away tomorrow mm-hmm. in a second right let's say uh, I click my finger and stand up doesn't exist in the life of Benjamin Bancolibele Bancale- Bancale- yeah, yeah, okay yeah. what what how does that make you feel I think it would uh, it would be sad but um, there are other things in um, my life going on so I do paint as well I try you to be an artist you paint this yes. is what I was trying to get at <laughs> yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, what yeah, else yeah, is going yeah. on but because I, I shut that door um, so there have been I, I genuinely there, you, remember, you must know this guy called Basquit yeah, um, yeah. Basquit I've got a great book hold that I'm going to walk out of the kitchen <laughs> yeah okay 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 so I'm back in the kitchen because I'm a big You're, fan of his work you have brought back memories yeah. so what used to happen is when I was growing up, I went to a secondary school called Government College of Banner. It was science orientated. Yeah. So a lot of the Say that again? science. No, the mm-hmm. name of the secondary school again? Government College of Banner. Okay, Government College, College of Banner. Okay. Yeah, in Nigeria. And it wasn't arts orientated, so it didn't really teach. It didn't, there, there were, you know, you could do literature and all that stuff, but it went towards the mass, physics, chemistry. And I knew that was my weakness. I wanted, I, I always wanted to be in the creative art section so i i found out about this guy and i found out about his his life and how yeah. he died and all that stuff and just to be so, clear i've just bought in an anthology of john michelle basquiat's work because i love his work too yeah and this is, so, this is a book with all of his work in it and a so, history of his work oh, and the so 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 we've got um, something in common yeah so this guy inspired me to start painting oh. now i i once again because of my independent spirit i didn't want to be seen to be copying him so i wanted to do something different so i used to use i used to paint using gold and silver inks on black paper right i see and would you ever exhibit your work i've been thinking about it in the sense that i could possibly i thought about it a few weeks ago about all my jokes and actually just framing them 
and doing that gold and silver on black paper. I, and like combining the two. Uh, I'm coming, I'm coming to combine two mediums. This is, this but, is what I want. It's taken me almost an hour. So, yeah, <laughs> we got there. Yeah. Got to the, the, but scratch through the surface a little bit. Yeah. You know, you were talking about failures. Yes. So I um I started painting. I held exhibitions in London, um, and then. I gave up because um, that's why I said I and wasn't going to give up. when was this? When were these well, exhibitions? Well, these exhibitions were in the early 80s. So this is really kind well, of quite, well, um, I want to say avant-garde, but it's not quite revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a young yeah. Nigerian immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Young Nigerian immigrant. Yeah, yeah. Be yeah. an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I even got reviews. I think the School of Oriental African Studies did a, a, a review of, I, of my work. Um, I, did, I did some exhibitions at the um, embassy. Um, at the time, the reason, one of the reasons why I got rid of it, I, I, I stopped doing it, even I still have those paintings, was the the my family members thought there was something horribly wrong with me in terms of my paintings. <laughs> Sounds familiar, actually. Yeah. <laughs> like, the painting, they dressed up as a president, what's yeah, going yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I remember going, I remember doing, um, holding up, uh, when I was still very active at the time, I hadn't discovered comedy, so I had a social life, and I... I had an old boys meeting, government college about an old boys meeting, and I used to do sculptures as well. And I did the sculpture of a, of, of, of a woman, but a woman with a tree, and I put it in my toilet downstairs. And all the old boys went into the toilet, and when they went, they screamed out, because they just couldn't understand what it was all about. Right. So one of them spoke to my mom and said, is, is, is Bankole all right? It doesn't look like there's something right with you. There's a rampant conservatism yeah. in our cultures. You're a Nigerian, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Caribbean, mm. Africa, and, and Guyanese. Mm and Guyanese mm. and Ghanaian mm. that we really need to address yeah. because it holds us back especially when we emigrate to a country like the UK yeah. where actually there's a huge amount of reward for being creative and no, no. we talk a lot about structural oppression of black people in the creative industries like yeah. you get oppressed in your own home <laughs> yeah. you know, we talk about oh you know what the BBC won't employ working class um, people yeah. won't em- em- employ yeah. black people here's you in the 80s being creative and trying to express yourself in a um, way and even inspired by the you know some of the mo- one of the most creative um, yeah, yeah. black dudes that yeah. we no, yeah. um, and people are running into your toilet and complaining <laughs> to your mum. So this is as a community, we need to all. Sometimes our conversation is always centered on white people, white people. This, yeah. it's like, well, okay, that's fine. But when your child or when your young adult or whenever someone in your community is mm. doing something, mm. how supportive are you? Yeah, 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 exactly. Of that? Britain opened opened the creativity that I suppressed back in Nigeria because yeah. I I I went I. I uh, framed them. I had exhibitions of my own. Uh, people would come and see them. But there was always this thing that, look, there's something not right here. He doesn't go to church. He's behaving like someone that's... He doesn't go to church. That, he must be insane. Like, yeah. There's something... Look at the, I, what kind of painting is it? Because it was abstract art. Yeah, of course. That's what I focused on. Yeah. Abstract. And that and that's how I see my comedy. It's very abstract. You need to think yeah. before you actually laugh. And that's what I've, I've brought into my comedy. But I, that's why I'm so determined about my comedy that if you don't understand understand me if you can't support me this time you won in terms of the art because i gave that up but the comedy no way yeah if i was no. a therapist i would have said the same thing like this is just you getting back but- in all the people <laughs> but, and I hope, I hope you revisit your art um, yeah, Benjamin, wait, you got it. It and i've got to edit this down it's too much here as it is so <laughs> it's gonna take me all week to edit um I know, I know you've probably earned some more fans uh, during this conversation. Oh, thank you. For the three listeners that I have. Three listeners. Um, where can people find you? It's either you can find me at um, Benjamin B. Bello or at Laughter Republic. L-A-F-T-A Republic. On Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. You oh, can right. find me on Facebook as President Abonjo. Okay. You drop me a line, I will also interact. I'm on Instagram, even though I don't know how to use it. That's <laughs> 
<laughs> that's one bit I don't know how to use yeah. uh, under Obonja. Um, I'm not going to give out my telephone number. Well, if you see anyone out there in the description But if you see anyone there in a uniform walking around the streets um, after uh, 10 o'clock at night, it's President Abonja. There isn't it? There isn't anyone else. Okay. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, I really thank enjoyed you. this. I'm really thrilled that you're an artist and you love Basquiat. Um, mm. So I love him too. So we'll talk more about this. Yeah. Um, and I've also got to get Dick Gregory's autobiography for you. Oh, thanks. Um, so yeah, thank you for coming to keep thank my company. Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So that was Benjamin Bancolo Bello. Isn't he fantastic? I've known him for years. And what's great about this podcast is that I get people into this kitchen who I've known for a long time and I learn new things about them. So I've learned that he's an artist and he loves art and we've got a shared love of Jean-Michel Basquiat and his art is fantastic. Benjamin's art really is great. He showed me some pictures on his phone um, after we finished recording and it's great. It's vibrant, interesting. It's definitely inspired by black artists of the past. Um, it's uh, His palette is really like, um, like eye-catching and I wanted to stare at his work a bit more but unfortunately he had to leave to go to another gig. Such is his crowded diary um yeah just as someone who loves abstract art and visual visual mediums in general i just thought wow what how how could someone have this talent who's a friend of mine and i don't know about it so incredible guy um i hope you enjoyed this podcast as much as i enjoyed making it if you did you can do what you normally do with podcasts you like you can share them with your friends you can like um, you can follow, you can subscribe, you can comment. There's loads of things you can do. Um, do one of those, please. Uh, but actually, uh, what am I saying? Just listening is enough. I'm very grateful that you wanted to take some time out of your day to listen to this chat. <sighs> That's about it, isn't it, really? Um, thank you for listening, and we'll catch up next time. <laughs>